Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the desultory Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? Okay, see, desultory, <sighs> marked by yes. a lack of a definite plan, regularity, or purpose. That's right. I've been meaning to tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you feel like uh, I'm not I'm not uh, planning enough. I'm on our podcasts. Uh, I don't have a regular plan. I don't have a lack. Yeah. Of, I have a lack of purpose. What are no, you getting what at? I'm saying, what are you getting at? I'm I'm getting at that you don't seem to have a good plan at the very least. And I know it doesn't say that. I know it just says any plan. But in my book, if it's not a good plan, it's not a plan. Okay. You know. Okay. And so what I'm saying, Matthew, is that you don't have a good plan to make the San Francisco Giants a good baseball team. Well, and no, 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 I, I don't. 73 and 70 is not good. Okay. I know, I know it's like technically above average, but let's face it, like, you know, above average is not good. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You're lacking a plan, Matthew. I am. What's, where's, I am. Your, where's your plan? Well, see, there's one interesting thing to consider on that is that uh, I in no way have any way of uh, having any say over what the San Francisco Giants do or don't do on the field. I just uh, sit at home and drink booze and criticize them and laugh at them and cheer them on when they're doing great. Uh, that's my only role. I, I have no no. So so whether I have a plan or not is kind of irrelevant. But it would be so cool if you were. Oh. I would totally be a sycophant then. Oh, I would man. be in your corner, man. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. You like, sign, you plan. trade for that Donovan Walton. <laughs> he has a plan, yeah. folks. Yeah, he's got a plan. He's got a plan. You don't <laughs> understand the plan. The light bulb hasn't turned on in your head, folks. We, you just don't see the way. Do I sound like Larry Bear? Is that what Larry Bear sounds like? <laughs> no. You don't know what the plan is. You sound it's, like Hulk Hogan. It, yeah. <laughs> Listen, my little brothers and sisters. You don't know what the plan is. Take your vitamins. Uh, you gotta take your vitamins. <laughs> That's what we're doing this year. We're taking our vitamins. And that all gets all gonna pay off in the long run. You just have to be patient. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Matthew. Um, I wish you were, but I guess by I guess what I guess like as always, I'm projecting, <laughs> Matthew. I'm projecting. <laughs> I, I I know you're not Farhan Zaidi, but but like you know, because of the restraining order, I can't get close <laughs> to Farhan anymore. And so it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Is it though? <laughs> is it though? Right? Yeah. Is it? Is it? Listen, I'm pretty hard to serve with papers. I'll let you know. <laughs> there might be a restraining order. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So you know. So on that note, Matthew, I guess we'll just we'll just go in. We'll just go into the question. Okay. Okay. We're, we're, okay. we're just going to go into the question, 
And the question I have for you today is this, Matthew. Are you still with this regime? Before you answer, please make your answer as funny as possible. Because mm. that's why people listen to us, for the humor, uh, not for the negativity, it okay. turns out. Oh, the, the pressure. But okay. I'm like, I don't so, know where you go these days without the negativity. The rap. I guess. So, so this regime, you're talking about the Farhan Zaidi regime? Is the, that, yeah, is the that Farhan Zaidi regime. The Gabe, I mean, let's face it, like Gabe Kapler is Farhan guy. Like if Farhan were to go, Kapler would go. So okay. so let's, you know, and if Kapler goes, I'm sorry, all the 17 coaches are going to go too. And then probably the head of, you know, Kyle and all those guys, they're going to go. So like, yeah, like, like all of them. Maybe the Johnsons, like, you know, you know, Charles, they already put him out to pasture. Uh, but so his son Greg's in charge now, I guess, or, you know, whatever. So maybe him, but I don't know. Like, you know, maybe he's just, you know, maybe he, he, he was like, I'm going to give him five years. And, and then he's like, now he's mad. I don't know. Okay. So you can love right, Ben right. Johnson or not. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, Farhan Zaidi regime. All right. The Farhan Zaidi regime. Well, you know, this guy's basically the money ball wizard of the Giants. Except instead of Brad Pitt, we've got a former cricket enthusiast who's probably used a spreadsheet to optimize his morning cereal choices. So look, any regime can take us from scraping the bottom of the division to actual playoff contenders in a short time span is all right in my book. And yes, playoff contenders we are. So don't be giving this to me like we suck, all right? Because, you know, do you remember 2018, 2017? You know, so yeah. And, and you know, and, well, and let's not forget that Zaidi loves to wheel and deal. I mean, the guys what, turned the trade deadline into his personal version of The Price is Right. He's all about value. And really, who can blame him? It's like making a killer cocktail, Ben. You want to blend the finest ingredients without breaking the bank. <laughs> so am I still a fan? Yeah, absolutely. And and I quote Bruce Bochy. Sure as God made green apples, I'm on board. Zaidi's like the Angostura bitters in my old-fashioned Ben. He might not be the flashiest component, but you'd miss it if you were gone. I don't know who you are. And what you've done with my brother. <laughs> but I like you. Cool. Wow. That was a good answer. That was a good answer. You're wrong. I mean, you're wrong. <laughs> you're just that stupid. You're wrong. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, but right. that was really well said. Well, thank my you. goodness. I really like the spreadsheet thing and the whole cricket thing at the beginning because I didn't know that. Uh, but I really I like, he, like that. Doesn't he own like ownership of a cricket team in like India or something? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know what that, that Bruce Bochy quote that you gave is true or not, but that made no sense to me. <laughs> well, the only part that was true was sure as God made green apples. I mean, that's a Bochyism, <laughs> right? I mean, but, uh, okay, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, the rest of the stuff, yeah, I may have like, you know, I may have fudged a little bit, but, you know, but I stand by it. Zaidi is uh -huh. like Angostura bitters. If it wasn't in there, you'd miss it. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean, he, you know, look, look, I will say this. I will say this. It's not that he's bad. It's just that he's not good. You know, like, I mean, I think that pretty much sums up the Farhan Zaidi era. He's average. Thinks he's good, but he's average. And I got to tell you, that's a bad look on everyone. You never want to be acting like you're great when you're just average. So, so that's what I'm saying. He's just, he's just average. And I will admit, yes, average is better than bad. As we've seen this past weekend, right? Because the sky fell. 
and and the pitchforks were out you know we we were all like the the masses were all we were all i was there right i was there with the hordes we had you, our pitchforks you were leading the horde you had your pitchfork <laughs> and your torch that's right that's and... right and we were marching on oracle park uh at the end of the chicago series and then everybody somebody was said wait 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 they're playing the rockies and then you were like, yeah. oh, yeah, okay, all right. And then you all oh, retreated yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we all yeah. went home. We all went home. What we didn't do is we didn't go to a game because God, who would want to watch the Giants and Rockies play in person? <laughs> it's bad enough watching those two teams play on TV. Can you make, can't believe they put those two teams on ESPN? No. And then I realized, oh, it's the opening day of the NFL season. Nobody's watching anyway. Oh. <laughs> ah, that's when you hide the Rockies and the Giants. Uh, anyway, today is Sunday. September 10th, as we record this podcast. Your San Francisco... No. No. No, that's not right. Greg Johnson and Farhan Zaidi's San Francisco Giants went 3-3 three and three this week to bring their record to 73-70, and 70, reaching the low point of the entire Zaidi era after they bumbled, stumbled, and just basically stank their way to an 0-3 sweep in Chicago against a team that they desperately wanted to catch. We assume they didn't play like they desperately wanted to catch them. They did a lot of talking. They sure did talk a lot, didn't they? They did. Yeah, it didn't help. Did a lot of talking before coming home and proving to all of us that at least we're not Colorado Rocky fans. Side note, Matthew, whenever they pan over to Bud Black during the game and he's got that look on his face. That, that look of like befuddlement? Yeah, befuddlement and just utter disappointment. Do you ever wonder, how does the man still have the energy to look disappointed after all these years. The man has been managing for 16 years between the Padres and Rockies. He's only had four winning seasons. His two winning seasons with the Rockies were like his first two seasons, 2017 and 2018. How does the man still do it? Uh, he probably has fo uh, compromising photos of... Uh... <laughs> Ownership in Colorado? Maybe I, no, I. I don't know. I just uh, meant how does he? How does he look like he still cares? Oh well, maybe yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could be a really good actor, I guess. Uh, you know, but you know, I, I think I would care if I was collecting a major league salary, and uh, yeah. you know, so I, I think anybody would care if they're one of thirty-two jobs or thir is it 32? thirty-two? Thirty. Yeah. 30? Well, folks, I don't know. How many jobs? I don't. There's thirty. There's okay. thirty. There aren't thirty-two teams yet. Yeah. yeah. Soon. Soon, but not yet. Uh, before we get into it, I do really quickly want to look at Bud Black's uh, stats as a manager. And because I think it's interesting, right? Because later in the show, we are going to talk about this whole Farhan Zaidi, Gabe Kapler thing. right? Because last week, you know, I, I think I was really drunk and I said a lot of things about how I think this team could be good next year. I listened back to that show and I thought to myself, this guy's an idiot. These guys are bad. And I'm we're going to get into that. We're going to take down Farhan and Gabe in this episode. Matthew's going to do his best to stop us. But we're steamrolling, folks. Taking the gloves off. 
But before we do that, I do want a dose of reality. Because I do want everybody to remember how good, how bad it could be. Bud Black, in his 16 years as a manager, has a 471 winning percentage. He has only had above 500 four times in his 16 years. Gabe Kapler, on the other hand, and I know, I know, you all hate him. He's the worst manager ever, except he's better than Bud Black, because his career numbers are 529. And he has finished over 500. Oh, well, let's see. Well, I guess technically he's only finished over 500 once. But that's in six seasons, and he's over 500 now by three games. So even if they finish over 500 and not make the playoffs, that's twice out of six years. So, and his winning percentage total is 549. And I know you all want to take away the 107 win season, but you can't. You can't just take it away. You can't pretend it didn't exist. It happened. So there you go. It could be worse, folks. You could be a Rockies fan. And that's about as positive as I'm going to get this show. But now it's time for a look at the standings. Let's see. Have the Giants charged their way into first place yet? Uh, not quite yet. No. No. Okay. Let's see. Here they are. Uh, let's see. The Giants are, well, there's the Dodgers. And then 13 games back is the Diamondbacks. And then one and a half games behind. Oh, yeah. Here they are. The San Francisco Giants are 14 and a half games behind the Los Angeles Dodgers an ex- a superior baseball organization in every way except for their name and their city. Ah, meanwhile, though, the San Diego Padres are six and a half games behind the Giants. Bob, what are the Padres going to do? The Padres are going to Padre. Except when they're playing the Giants, Bob. Told you, I told you about that. You don't know, Padres yeah, going Padre. I know. Well, they are Padre, yeah. but you know. So what happens when you do a podcast time. when you're drunk? Yeah, that is that is the problem. That is the problem. And then and then here here are the the Colorado Rockies. Thirty six games out of first place. Twenty three games back in the wild card. So yeah, let's go over and look at the wild card standings. Ah, let's see here. The Philadelphia Phillies are in the first wild card spot at 78 and 64, two games ahead of the Cubs, who are in the second wild card spot. You remember the Cubs, right? They're the team that won three in a row over the Giants before barfing all over themselves against the D Bags. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Way to go. Thanks a lot, Chicago. Thanks a lot. They're two games behind the Philadelphia Phillies in the second spot, as I said. And in the third wildcard spot are the Arizona D-Bags. Half a game behind them are the Miami Marlins, who are 8-2 and two over their last 10, with their negative 46 run differential. And then, yes, oh yes, here are the San Francisco Giants, a game and a half behind Arizona. Four and six out of their last 10, with a negative 7 run differential, tied with the Cincinnati Reds, who have still played two more games than the Giants, and uh, look like they want to have the wild card less than the Giants do. I, I mean, they haven't played the Rockies, so that's one thing not going for the Reds. Uh, so there you have it. The Giants, not even the first team out of the playoffs. They're the second team out of the playoffs. And uh, they have, what, how many more games do we have to play? 
2019? I think it's I think it's 19. 19 games to play before they get into the third wild card spot. Bob, what wild card spot is the third wild card spot? Third wild card is the worst wild card. That's right. And the Giants aren't even good enough for that. Matthew. Yes. Who's hot? Who's not? So Don't it, say Wilmer Flores. Don't say Wilmer Flores. Okay, but it is kind of Wilmer Flores. But there are others this time. <gasps> this time there are others. And in fact, uh, this is like the first week where there are like multiple people you could choose from. This has uh, been amazing. Uh, Luis Matos. Yeah, uh, hitting 500 for the week with a 529 on base, uh, 625 slugging. You know, he was eight for 16 uh, this week. Can't wait till he gets sent down next week. <laughs> Mike Yastrzemski also hitting 500 for the week. Really good to have that guy back. Uh, hitting 500 with a 556 on base for the last week. Eight for 16. Well, can't wait till Yaz gets hurt again. Third one might surprise you. Paul DeYoung. Who? Batted 417 this week. He had five hits and 12 at-bats. He had more hits this week than he did pretty much the entire season. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you, uh, you, you, know. should, you should look at Paul DeYoung's uh, uh, contract. He has a team option for 12, I think, and a half million dollars next year. And then a team option the year after that uh, for even more. He signed this really bizarro contract, and he's never been a good hitter. Never. But the the Cardinals, they just like their homegrown guys so much, they signed him to this ridiculous contract. $15 million team option in 2025. With a $2 million buyout for next year and a $1 million buyout for the next year after that. Well, the Giants only have to pay him the league minimum, so correct, uh, that's, correct. Uh, that, that's the I'm good guess, thing. My guessing is that he's going to get that option. He's going to get that buyout. I mean, so yes. he's got $2 million coming. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Uh, so, yeah. And then, you know, Jock's starting to heat up. J.D. Davis had a, a decent week. Lamont Wade uh, with his 462 on base and hitting 364. Even Mitch Hanniger started to heat up and uh, hit 286, especially, and he did extremely well in the, against the Rockies. Who's, don't you mean Tommy LaStella? Yeah, Mitch Hanniger. Yeah, uh, oh, I can't. I can't tell the difference between the two. They're the same thing. <laughs> oh man, you're such a such a what? Such a what? Such a realist? I'm. I'm. Look, man. Look, <laughs> I. I have been positive, and I've been like, uh, you know, people are like, yeah, you guys are too negative, and I was positive for four weeks, and look what happened. Look what happened with me being positive and optimistic while you were off being depressed. Okay, but you have the hindsight of like three years of Tommy LaStella, right? <laughs> and we haven't even have a full year of, of Hanniger. So you don't know. So maybe next year after he opts in, maybe next year he goes off and then uh, you're going to be eating these words. You're going to be like, Tommy LaStella? And I'm going to be like, yeah, remember Tommy LaStella? Yeah. So yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, it's too early to call him Tommy LaStella. You could call him a disappointment. But, you know, I mean, Tommy LaStella is like, that's like kicking a guy when he's down, Ben. That's like... That's like just you know you're just mean man. Whatever he's getting, <laughs> he's, he's getting his millions of dollars no matter what he's guaranteed he's guaranteed you know what he's guaranteed millions of dollars for the next for this year and the next two years because he could be he could be worse than Tommy Lastella next year and then still get paid millions of dollars by the Giants the year after that. So I I, I don't feel sorry for him at all. All right, well, uh, and it's on the pitching side, Logan Webb. 
right, was was hot this week. Uh, twelve innings pitched, twelve and two thirds innings pitched, had a WHIP of zero point seven nine. Uh, Logan Webb was the ace this week. He, he won yesterday and got lots <laughs> of run support. Which Logan Webb getting run support uh, was a little bit uh, odd and uh, frankly was a little disturbing. Like I didn't know what to do with that information. It was kind of like, you know, I just watching the run scored and I'm like, are we sure that Logan Webb is still pitching? Rockies. Yeah. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> Rockies. All right. So that's hot. That's who's hot. Uh, who is not hot, though? Tyro Estrada is probably our worst. Uh, he hit 227 for the last week, but also hit two home runs. And uh, drove in four. Uh, so, you know, it's not not the, the greatest average, but it uh, wasn't necessarily bad. I, I think, uh, you know, there really wasn't a guy that plays regularly that uh, played poorly this week. Except Jack Peterson trying to play left field. <laughs> OK, yeah. Well, we're, that, not, we're just that going. Was, that was that was pretty poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that one. We've been waiting for that moment. For like the whole season, like he's actually done fairly well and kind of, you know, he's had some sliding catches and some things. And you're like, oh, wow, maybe he could do this. And then he does that one where he's just kind of circling, stumbling around. And you're just like, wait, what? What? Where were you going with that? So, yeah. Yeah. That was not a good look for Jock. No, no, it wasn't. And then we had some, we had, you know, we had some relievers get up some home runs in, in Chicago. I mean, Chicago happened. Everything that happened in Chicago was definitely not hot. Yeah, yeah. Blocked it out of my mind. I don't even remember any of that. <laughs> right, right. All right. Well, there you go, folks. That's who was hot and who wasn't. But now it's time for the trivia question. All right. Well, in uh, against the Rockies this week, uh, the Giants hit back-to-back home runs and then had another one, right? So they hit back-to-back-to-back home runs. Uh, which hadn't happened since like 2016 or something like that. I don't know, 19. I don't even remember. But uh, but that's not the trivia question. The trivia question is uh, has to do with back-to-back home runs. What two giant teammates have hit the most back-to-back home runs together, like in one season? So uh, it would have to be Ooh. two guys that uh, batted back, you know, back-to-back, and then. Uh, how, you know, what two Giants teammates have hit the most back-to-back home runs in one season in Giants history? Wow, there's a lot of good names to pick from here. Like, I, I feel like this happened in the the 70s or the 2000s, right? Yeah, yeah, those like, are two like good guesses, was, right? Yeah, you yeah, got... Yeah, but I'm going to go with... I think you know who I'm going to go with. And I know you're thinking this is impossible because they didn't play together in the same season, but but you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know who I, I know. C.O.C. Shinjo... <laughs> And Rickard Fanida. That's right. That's what I'm saying. They they hold the record. They yes. hold the record. Okay. All right. We will see how badly Ben got this wrong at the end of the episode. I know. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> it's probably one of those other two decades. But no. I, All right. I like the I like I like 2002 and the late 90s. Okay. Somehow All right. Just squish, just together squish them together. One. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Yeah. Enough with the banter. Let's talk cocktails. Oh man, cocktails. Well, thank you, Bob, uh, for the reminder. Uh, let's see who's who's uh, whose turn is it? What are you drinking, Matthew? Oh, thanks, Bob. Yeah, thanks for the reminder. Okay, it is my turn. All right. Well, so today, Bob, I am bringing a a, a riff on a classic. Uh, the classic is the South Side, but I am bringing a strawberry South Side to the podcast. Uh, what's in it? It's got two ounces of gin, one ounce of lime juice. A half ounce of strawberry syrup, 
six mint leaves, and a strawberry for garnish. You're going to add all those ingredients into a shaker and shake until well chilled, double strain into a chilled coupe glass, and garnish with a strawberry and mint leaf. And you are left with a very refreshing summer cocktail uh, that uh, would please just about anybody, including my curmudgeon brother, Ben. It is a pretty tasty cocktail. I agree. All right. Hit me, Bob. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Today, I am drinking the cocktail classic, the Jack Rose, in honor of the fall, because it is most definitely fall, even though my brother says it isn't. Well, actually, especially because my brother says it isn't. (laughs) And even though we haven't reached the fall uh, equinox yet. What's in a Jack Rose? Well, it has two ounces of Applejack, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, three quarters of an ounce of Ben's grenadine, and a lemon twist for garnish. Combine the Applejack, the lemon juice, and Ben's grenadine in a shaker with ice. Shake until chilled, double strain into a coupe glass, and then add your pretty lemon twist as a garnish. Uh, you can find the recipe for Ben's grenadine in the previous episode. And you can also hear me incorrectly say that Apple, Laird's Applejack has been brewed, have been distilled in the United States since 1730, when it's actually been since 1780. And that's what I'm <laughs> drinking today, Bob. The Jack Rose. Mmm. That's a tasty cocktail. Yes, Bob, it was a tasty cocktail, but I like how Ben has to like go and throw in some corrections for the Thursday episode. Dude, nobody's going to check. Nobody knows whether Lairs was in 1730 or 1780. Uh, it's written right on the bottle, dude. It's right on the bottle. <laughs> Which makes me wonder, how did I get it wrong? Well, I'm just half in the bag, and I'm pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah, you were on your second Jack Rose, if I recall. Yeah, but, but they're not going to be checking, but it's right on the bottle, man. If they go buy the bottle... They're going to see it. They're going to be like, ah, oh, that Ben said 1730. It clearly says 1780 right here. And that's the only reason I knew I made the mistake is because I saw it on the bottle. Anyway. Anyway. You know who else has Speaking made some mis- mistakes? Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a good segue. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, contrary to popular belief, Ben, mm-hmm. the season is not over. I know sometimes it feels that way. I know it feels like we are, you know, must be like 10 games under 500 and uh, ready to, you know, book a trip to Cabo. But come on, uh, we're not. We're right in the thick of it, man. We're we're a game and a half out of a playoff spot. Uh, and, and to top it all off, we still get to play the Rockies even more. So I just want to start off. Because I know you. I know you're all like, oh, fire Farhan and these giants suck uh-huh. and all yeah, that. And me. I just wanted I'm to remind one. you uh-huh. that the the giants are really in the thick of the pennant race here or the wild card race. I mean, they're not in the pennant race, but they're in the wild card race. And, and it, they will be down to the final week of the season. I just want you to know that. We're playing meaningful ball, Ben. Right. We, uh, we, uh, okay, 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 yes, yes. 
you're right. The season isn't over. And they are going to still continue to play, as you say, meaningful baseball games. Unwatchable meaningful baseball games. Where if they play like they played against the Cubs, that is going to make you wonder why you're choosing this particular form of entertainment for your entertainment. But yes, because they're playing one of the worst franchise to ever exist, run by a group, an ownership and front office that seems to really not even care about what they're doing, they do have a chance to put themselves back into that playoff spot. And quite frankly, because of where they are, yeah, it would take quite a few games to completely knock them out. So, yes, you're right, Matthew. The season is not over. They have four more games against the Colorado Rockies. They have two more games against the D-Bags, who they have to, you know, one of the teams, they don't have to catch the D-Bags, but that would be the, the easiest path is catching the D-bags and passing the Marlins and the Reds. And so, yeah, absolutely. There is season left. This San Francisco Giants team could absolutely make the playoffs. And I suppose that means, with their chip in their chair, as I like to say, they could theoretically win the World Series I mean, I don't even... <laughs> Nobody thinks that's going to happen. Do you think that's going to happen, Matthew? Uh, the Giants going to win the no, World Series? No, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But I also know that it, nobody thought that in 2010. Nobody thought that in 2012. And nobody thought that in 2014. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like it doesn't really matter what we think. Okay, as long as they they get into the postseason, uh, I'll be there for it. And you will, too. And, you know, and so I feel like, you know, like just all this whining and complaining about how, oh, God, they're just so bad. And they just they suck so bad. And I'm just like, you know what? We're still in it. So stop your Mm -hmm. freaking whining, Giants fans. Mm. Mm. Wow. Okay. well, I will say this. Yes, that is all true. But it is still bad baseball. And it is still unentertaining baseball. And the only reason that they're playing meaningful baseball games is because they expanded the playoffs to be so huge that even bad and mediocre teams can make it. San Francisco Giants fans deserve better than this. And this isn't even what we were promised. By the people who are running the team. Larry Bear, Greg Johnson, Farhan Zaidi. They all said that this team was going to be a winning team. That this is a top five organization. Yankees fans are getting their underwear all into a twist right now. Because they might finish the season under 500 for the first time in 30 years. That's a world-class organization. That's a top five. What the San Francisco Giants have been delivering for the last few years is bland, 
uninteresting and mediocre baseball. So just because they can make the playoffs doesn't mean it's good anymore. We deserve better than this. We should be getting better than this. And we were promised better than this. This is not entertaining. This is not fun. And quite frankly, the only reason we're having this discussion is because they're playing one of the worst teams in all of baseball seven times. That's the only saving grace. That's the only reason that this is at all possible. Well, okay, but everybody else in the National League West and you know plays them too, and everybody in the National League plays them. So, you know, I'm not I'm not going to apologize for the schedule being the way it is. Okay, and so 107 wins was a mirage, obviously an outlier, but it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, the last two seasons have been, you know, uh, awful. Okay, I, I think that, you know, just a gosh, a month ago, I asked you if the Giants don't make the playoffs, is this season still a success because we saw all these young players and you said yes. Okay, and don't tell me that was the booze talking because you said yes. And I'm t- you know, you can't be, you know, hiding behind your your drinking. All right. And, you know, we've been waiting for these players. Obviously, they're still not, you know, they're not at the level that I think we would hope that they would be at. But. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of hope left in in the coming years. So I think it's still too early. I, you're saying five years is enough time. Maybe it is, uh, but I still feel like I've seen enough progress, especially as it comes to the the minor leagues and, and the type of talent that's coming up, uh, that I'm excited about that. And I don't want a new regime to, to take over and change all that. I want to see this one out a little bit. And so, you know, I, I feel like we still have to be a little bit more patient. And I know that's something that you've never been good at. Uh, but uh, this time... Yeah, we, they need at least another year. And, and you know, ask me in a year if we're still playing this way, then I might change my mind, but I'm not there yet. This is going to be a 500 team next year. There is no way that this team is going to be better next year than this. How do you know they're that? not going to? You don't because they're not going to sign anybody. Like you can this is the end of the until they do right, and then you're like, oh yeah, I didn't right, know. right. Well, oh, sure, I and I would love to, but in five years. Right. I don't know if you remember this. They tried to sign Bryce Harper. That was this regime. That was so long ago. Barely anybody even remembers that. This is the end of the Zaidi era. It has to stop. Like the reason it, the Zaidi era is a failure. It is time to move on. I, I don't even want to say this, but the only thing I can say, like they either have to fire the man or he has to change his philosophy because it is Boring and unentertaining. Baseball is a form of entertainment, and the San Francisco Giants are not entertaining. There's nothing fun about this team. Okay, whatever. Because I think, you know, just, gosh, maybe even last week when you talked about, you were excited to talk about Kyle Harrison, Logan Webb, Keaton Wynn, you know, uh, and and even, what, Mason Black next year, you know, headlining a rotation uh, for the San Francisco Giants. And you were talking about how back, look back in the in 2010 and 2012, and, you know, those guys were, and we had Lincecum and Kane and all that. And so, you know, I feel like there's, so for you to sit there and tell me that this is not, uh, they're going to be a 500 team next year. You don't know that, and you don't know that this is that this is what the the future holds. And I feel like there is enough potential uh, to want to see how this plays out. 
I I mean, I, so I don't know who Mason Black is. I did look him up. Uh, I said Tristan Beck. Okay, sorry. But Mason Black would be cool. Yeah. Mason Black would be cool. Uh, no, I mean, so, 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 yeah. I mean, like, I, I did say all those things. And I still believe it. I still believe that the Giants have a lot of good, young, interesting players that I would love to see play through a full season. Yeah, but and that's how you get to that point. You get to the I mean the Dodgers have their their guys that they've grown up now, they've been in their system for a number of years now, and they cycle through we haven't gotten to that point yet where we've got our own guys that are growing up through the system and are taking over those key roles. And so I'm I'm not ready to say that they're this is done, that it's a failure yet. it certainly hasn't gone to plan, whatever that plan was, uh, but I still feel like that there's there's some some positive things that have happened and that uh I, I I think that next year uh, could be a, a turning point. And actually, oh, it, and, could it be. needs to be. It, and frankly, it, it needs could to be. be. I, I feel like you're just a year too early in terms of saying it's enough time. Six years, man. God, I would love to suck at a job for six years and get paid millions of dollars to do it and say, oh, he hasn't had enough time yet. That's, I mean, that's really nice. I mean, congratulations to Farhan Zaidi for finding that job because that, that's really, I mean, the man's won the lottery. It's really cool that you can suck at a job for that long and still have people backing you and standing up for you and saying that you need another year. I mean, that's cool. But, I mean, let me just run through all of the ways in which this regime has not been successful. And, and I will talk about the idea of, like, the young players because I think that is actually the point that worries me the most about this regime. Like, I am excited about the fact that they have put together a lot of young players and have brought them up, but I don't know that that bodes well for those young players with the way that this team deals with its roster. So, this regime in five years has not been able to land one significant big free agent. They even landed some bargains that turned into big free agents and then having every opportunity to bring those guys back, failed. Most notably, Kevin Gosman. An utter disaster, right? They took a positive and they turned it into a huge negative. And I don't know what the mentality is with this organization and why they don't want to sign people, but it has showed year after year. And beyond that, the superstars, they don't want to come here. The Giants have swung and missed time and time again. The reason that I'm sure they won't get Shohei Otani is because they haven't been able to get anybody else in the last five years. And I'm not saying they weren't trying. They absolutely were trying. They were trying really, really hard. And they failed. Repeatedly. Number two, yes, they've had a lot of great young players. Exciting, interesting guys. But there are no Gunnar Hendersons. There are no Ellie De La Cruzes. There are no breakout stars. And I know Patrick Bailey is close, but let's face it. I mean, the guy is great at defense, but he's not as exciting as those other guys that I've just mentioned. Right? A ton of them. And the fact of the matter is, none of these guys is getting a really good chance to try. Because this organization won't let them. And that's the thing that bothers me the most about them is their philosophy sucks. You can't have heroes on this team because nobody gets a chance to play more than one day or two days in a row. They can't even get five at-bats in a game. You never get a guy who goes on a run, Wilmer Flores notwithstanding, 
But where was, where was Wilmer in June? Not playing. Because that's the way this team operates. They operate off of an algorithm, not based on the results that they see on the field. It's been bargain bin baseball all of the time, and that's just not interesting. And it creates this huge amount of turnover. Players come, players go. You can never keep up with this roster. Yeah, no, I, 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 I get it. I feel like that that's a that's a valid argument as far as uh, continuity and 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 the fact that we don't have any stars. Uh, but I feel like there's been this gap. Can I can I remind you of what our record was in 2017, 2018, and 2019? 2017, we were 64 and 98. 2018, 73 and 89. 2019, 77 and 85. If we had been doing a podcast then, Ben would have lost his freaking mind. Okay, and so, you know, I think the expectations have been raised, you know, and and so there's this level of disappointment because their expectations are higher, but they've, I feel like we're still on that path, you know, and and so I, I also feel like that the, the Giants have are in this this scenario of yes they've swung and missed on some free agents and they haven't been able to get the guy, right? And because of that they've had to pivot, and sometimes especially early on a lot of their pivots worked pretty darn well, you know. And and I think there's some I mean I think there has to be some credit for that because they were able to identify guys like Yastrzemski and Wade and and Tyro Estrada and guys that nobody else wanted who have become pretty integral parts of the team and would be really good complementary parts to that guy, right? To the one guy that they haven't been able to get. So I think that if there is a valid argument against the regime is they have not been able to lure the Aaron Judge or whoever, you know, insert, you know, star here. Uh, but I, I feel like that's, you know, that's not entirely in their in their uh, realm of influence because, you know, let's face it, Aaron Judge was never leaving the Yankees. You know, and and um, I don't know the whole Bryce Harper thing. Bryce, yeah, they, they probably just offered him more money, you know, and and so uh, maybe that's a valid uh, argument against, you know, his uh, Farhan's uh, free agent uh, forays. But but at the same time, I feel like they've done a lot of good things. I feel like the farm system has improved. If you look at uh, even the, the the pundits, you know, their 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 farm system is is ranked higher than it was uh, in the past. And so I think it's still a work in progress and I'm not ready to give it up. And so um, that that's where I'm standing on this. I mean, I, 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 I get that. Like, I, I do think that they have done a lot of good things. I think Farhan Zaidi is a good number two guy. I think he's a good guy to have in your organization and be the guy who says we should also be doing this and we should also be checking out that guy and we should, oh, this really interesting player was just waived and we should go grab him because we can do this with the roster and we can do all that. I think having a guy in your organization like Farhan is great, but I don't think that he should be the guy calling all of the shots. Because I, I know a lot of fans don't really think about Farhan at all, but they really want Gabe Kapler to go because they hate the way that Gabe Kapler manages. But I don't think this is Gabe Kapler's team. Like, if Farhan goes, then then Gabe Kapler has to go, no, too, I, because I think that's, that's just the way things will work. That is totally fair. I mean, the, the criticism of Kapler is that, you know, he likes to, you know, platoon people and then he, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like he's he's managing the team in the way that it was constructed for him. And so I don't feel like that's necessarily a knock on Kapler. I think he's just trying to do the best with the guys that he's got. And, you know, the team was built around, you know, uh, guys that hit left-handers well and guys that hit right-handers well, and they're going to 
complement each other, and that's just the way the roster has been built because they don't have that guy. They're trying to put uh, two guys to make a superstar is what they're trying to do. And, and a lot of times that's worked. Lately, it hasn't. You know, Mitch Hanniger, Michael Conforto, certainly not the answers that, 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 that have been the answers in the past. Well, I mean, I think it does work, but I think it also doesn't work, like you said. And my problem, you know, I'm again, I'm like, I'm not saying that this team is bad. What I'm saying is, is this team is not good. And it's also not good in a really boring way. Right. We can't we can't even we can't even like attach to the young guys. Right. Because you have situations where Mick Meckler comes up and then boom, he gets sent down to bring up Matos. And then you have like Tristan Beck, who has, you know, a great outing and he's a starting pitcher. And then, boom, he shows up and he's a reliever. And then, boom, he's sent down. And, you know, it's like we can't even hang on to these young guys long enough for the for us to even like build a a relationship with them as fans. Like, I don't even know who's going to be on the team day to day. And that's really that's just it's boring. It's frustrating. It's like it's confusing if you're not paying close attention. And it's just kind of depressing if you're playing, paying close attention. Because these guys are just getting jerked around and yanked around. And I think we've been hearing through the cracks a lot of frustration on their side. Right? The players are not down with this. Yeah, especially the pitchers. (laughs) Yeah, and it's quite frankly recently, it's looked like they've been flailing. Like, what are they doing with Tristan Beck? Like, where was Keaton Wynn? Until he showed up today. Well, I think he was injured. I think he was rehabbing, wasn't he? Yeah, but he was available for a while and they weren't doing anything with him. And then Ross Stripling, like, don't get me wrong. I've seen enough of Stripling. But they had him doing a rehab and he only had one start and then they brought him and he never put him on the roster. So now he's just traveling with the team, but he's not on the team and he's not in Sacramento. Like, what is going on? Uh, and he's not like happy about it, too. He actually has gone on record with the the Mercury News, uh, had an article about, uh, with him. Yeah, I'm not happy with it either. It makes no sense. What's going on? Well, you're flailing around. Still, you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle. You just, you you just, you just, you don't have a plan. You don't have a plan. You're desultory, Gabe Kapler and Farhan Zaidi. I think the problem with them is that their, fa- their plan uh, involves too many players. So, you know, they've got these guys on contracts that, uh, you know, so maybe if if Stripling, if Stripling, you know, is he's whining about how he's not coming back and how he's ready to pitch. Well, maybe if you've been pitching better before you freaking got hurt, Ross Stripling, it would be an easier decision. But yeah, now we've got Keaton Wynn and you've got, uh, you know, guys that are uh, Tristan Beck, guys like that that are frankly pitching better than Ross Stripling did this year. And so I'd be I'd be looking for some. I'd be looking for some ways to to uh, to 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 keep him from joining the roster too. So I, you know, I, I don't I don't put a whole lot of stock, and I feel like yes, they've they've kind of dug themselves into this hole. They've kind of created this mess where they've got too many guys and uh, and too many moving parts, and and so. Yeah, that you're gonna have some some tough choices, especially you know with the rookies. So in that respect, I, I can understand why it is a little bit hard. Um, you had mentioned how the rookies don't get a chance to get uh, you know, acclimated and they're getting sent back down. Well, we saw a good stretch of, of of the last you know two months where we were playing five or six rookies in a game at the same time, and how'd that work out for us? So you know, I don't feel like that's the solution. You know, I mean, if you're going to be like, oh, let the rookies play, then okay, then let's just lose. Then let's be okay with losing. 
that this is a this is a learning curve and we're gonna you know look to next year but i don't think anybody wants to throw in the towel yet and just play the rookies i don't you know and so play the rookies that can help the team and that's what's happening right now that's why meckler only had four at bats before he got sent down that's why matos is one of the only rookies now that's playing regularly it's because he's the one that's been playing well so you know i just feel like Uh, there's there's uh there's they sure did shove Brett Wisely down our throats for <laughs> for way huge long time. I wonder how many at bats Brett has had compared to Matos or 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 Meckler or the Ramos. Um, I bet I bet Mr. Wisely had a lot more at bats, possibly as many of all those guys combined. I should look that up. Um, so they they seemed like they wanted to shove some of these rookies down our throats uh, early on in the season. I'm not saying I want five of them necessarily, but I'd like to have at least some of them just on the roster and be there consistently. But moreover, what I'm really worried about is next year, right? Like, next year is going to be that kind of year. I mean, there's even if they do go sign a free agent, they're not going to be able to sign, like, six guys, right? Like... It's going to have to be a lot of position player rookies next year. And I don't know. Are they just going to keep optioning them down and up and down and, and, and just, you know, yanking them here and there and everywhere? I feel like next year, if with a roster full of rookies, it's probably going to be worse if they keep going with this philosophy. What I'd like to see them do next year, quite honestly, is just say, you know what? We, we were better at identifying good pitching. And I will say this, Farhan Zaidi during his regime has done a very good job on the pitching side. Now, I wish he had kept some of those people, but, you know, one could make the argument that he should have kept Rodon, and, and we definitely dodged a bullet there, right? But the Gosman situation, right, that could have gone better. But nonetheless, they built a really good pitching rotation, and I think the rookies have performed very well there. I would like to see them go out and sign some defensive guys who are not expensive and not hard to sign to shore up the defense, to actually get younger and actually get more athletic, like you said you were going to do last year, but didn't do. And then play the pitching and defense angle and then let your position rookie players who are good at defense, play the ones that are good at defense, develop at the major league level next year. And change your philosophy a little bit. But I don't think we're going to get that because I think you're right. I think they will survive this year and next year will be the hot seat. And I think they're going to do anything and everything that they can to desperately keep their jobs all the way through the end of the season. And then we're going to have a dumpster fire at the end of 2024. And that is my final argument. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, you said a lot. You said a lot there. But uh, first of all, Brett Wisely at 120 at bats. Uh, Patrick, or I'm sorry, uh, not Patrick Bailey. Casey Schmidt has had twice as many, 245. All right. Uh, Luis Matos at almost 200. So, you know, Brett Wisely, the only one he's had more of than was Meckler and Ramos. Those are the only two rookies that he had more at bats than. Uh, and and Bryce Johnson, if you want to go there, uh, but uh, on the and then on the other hand, the other thing that's going to complicate, you know, you have all these ideas of what you want to do as far as next year, uh, but there's only so many spots, and when Conforto and Hanager opt in next year, um, it's going to complicate things, um, and so uh, yeah, and so uh, you know, for me, what I would like to see is, and what the Giants have not done yet, is to admit when they make a mistake and just cut ties. 
right? I mean, are you willing to make a twelve and a half million dollar, you know, kind of, you know, swallow it and and move on kind of decision? Uh, and you know, frankly, I feel like you know that might have to happen with either Conforto or Hanniger. Uh, and and I feel like well, it'll probably be Conforto. Well, if we're lucky, Conforto will opt out. You know, and then that kind of solves a lot of problems. And he probably could get a guaranteed two or three year pro- uh, contract that would be worth more than what the Giants would want to pay him. So we'll see. Uh, but and, and I guess that is an argument for, you know, the 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 fresh, you know, the, the Farhan kind of digging his own hole there, because, yeah, now he's kind of created the situation where he's got too many players uh, and not enough uh, options. So, uh, yeah, but I, on the on the on the other hand, I feel like there's there's uh yeah, we're still playing this year and next year is going to be, you know, next year. We got to figure that out. But in the meantime, I want the the rookies to to have a place. But I want to uh, I feel like, you know, right now that the guys that are playing now are the guys that are going to have give us the best chance to, to make uh, the postseason. And that's all I'm asking for right now. Make the postseason. Right. I, I think the main takeaway that they need to have is, is that all the things that they thought they were so good and so smart about. They're not. And I definitely think at the end of six years, that is long enough. You know, I mean, I can't believe that anybody would come back and say, oh, well, they need another year. Right. But I could hear people saying like, oh, well, they had to rely completely on rookies. And so, of course, they were going to be bad. That's their own fault. And, uh, you know, I, I just I just hope that that doesn't happen. Like. One, they need to recognize, because I agree, they're not going anywhere. Farhan and Kapler will be back next year. And if they do come back, they need to change their philosophy. Because they cannot keep doing the same thing over and over again. And thinking that 2021 is going to happen again, because it's not. Crawford is not going to have a career year next year. He's not going to be on the team. But he's not, you know, you're not going to have a Crawford to have a career year, year next year. You don't have a Hall of Fame quality catcher. You don't have, and you need to sign another Darren Ruff, which was just, his 2021 season was a darn miracle. Right? And you take away Crawford, you take away Posey, and you take away Ruff, and the 2021 team is way, way different. Yeah, but you right? can say that about every team. And I, I feel like, you know, that's there's always going to be. Yeah, but but the, this regime had nothing to do with Crawford and Posey. Right. Well, the other, only other than the coaches, you know, other than, you know, you know, sure, who's, who's which, now which, the by Rangers. the way, <laughs> right, right. So, like, you know, there's a lot of things there. Like, you can keep saying these things, but but it keeps just demonstrating, like, how they keep failing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like this, the, if they're not on the hot seat now. They have to be on the hot seat for 2024. This has to be a 90-win team. They have to make the playoffs. They don't have to make a deep run, but this has to be a 90-win team next year. Right? And then, quite frankly, that matters more to me than being doing a deep run because at least 90 wins demonstrates that you're a quality team with a good foundation and you can produce again the next year, which clearly this regime was not able to do after 2021. Yeah. So... They have to get better. All right. And, uh, yeah. Well, and quite frankly, I'd like to see them be more entertaining. Steal some bases. Put some outfielders that can catch the ball, for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, folks, I'm sure you've uh, enjoyed listening to Ben rant and, and, and 
you know, wine. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, the time is, is come to, to maybe get to our trivia question. And, uh, the trivia question was what two giant teammates have hit the most back-to-back home runs in one season? The answer was not Rickert Fanida Fanida and uh, Shuyoshi Shinjo. It was, in fact, Rich Aurelia and Barry Bonds in 2001, where they hit back-to-back home runs seven times, which is actually tied for the second most of any season by any two teammates in in major history. So, uh, so yeah, Rich Aurelia and Barry Bonds in 2001. Who would have thunk? Pretty much everybody. Right. I mean, that was kind of a, that was an easy that was the obvious answer. Yeah. I think, Matthew. Yeah. 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 I might have I might have gone Jeff Kent and, and Barry Bonds, maybe. You know? That's a reasonable guess. But I think also, since you asked that Rich Aurelia trivia question last week, you kind of put it on a platter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, looking forward to next week. Ben, what are you drinking next week? Next week, I will be drinking the horseman's head. A Ben original. Next week, I'm drinking the Limon Love Affair with bourbon. Definitely a summer cocktail. So make sure you join us on Thursday to hear more about Ben's horseman's head and my Limon Love Affair. Uh, The Giants are still playing some teams that maybe they can beat. We got the the Cleveland Guardians uh, who are struggling in the American League Central. And of course, the Colorado Rockies in Colorado uh, for another, what, three games, four games, four, I don't know, four, four games. games, four, four games. games, four games. So uh, if there, this is the week, folks, this is the week where we got to put together a strong week uh, because there ain't going to be think, too many more of these. Yeah, I think they got to go seven and oh, right? <laughs> five and I two, mean, five <laughs> and two. <laughs> But seven I mean, and five and two is uh, realistic, but they yeah. might need to go. They might need to go seven and zero. Oh. We they, don't know. We might. We might. So anyway, uh, stay tuned next week. Uh, come on back, and we will we will reminisce and get drunk together and and talk about how these uh, giants did against the Guardians and the Rockies. Uh, so that's about it, folks. Uh, don't forget to follow us on social media uh, at Giant Cocktails on X and instagram and threads and even mastodon uh also subscribe and leave us a review a good review a positive review go right now go do it you you know there's only only one of you has done that in the last couple weeks and uh i know a lot of you are listening so go and uh rate and, and review that would be greatly appreciated all right ben uh i guess it's time to wrap this up so until next time Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time. Bottoms up. Boppity bop. Boopity boopity boo.